Why is our universe rapidly expanding? What is dark matter? And could there be a shadow universe lurking out there in the depths of space, invisible to the eye and only detectable as the expansion of galaxies? I'm Jess Holmes. Welcome to Quirks of Creation. everybody and welcome to another episode of Quirks of Creation. I'm Jess Holmes. Elise is not here today, which makes me sad. She's out gallivanting at some archaeological dig site or something. I don't know. She's getting into trouble like always. But I am joined by two of my favorite people on planet Earth, the hosts of Conspiracy Pilled, Abby Libby and (laughs) TJ Williams. (laughs) I don't know which way to point. How's it going, Jess? Thanks for having us on. Thank you so much for being here. Can we just acknowledge that Jess, in in the limited time she's been doing this show, is already way better than me at doing intros? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we need to have Jess just uh, deep fake Abby and come in and do our (laughs) intros, and then Abby can take it from Uh, there. The truth is that I I purposely mess up all the intros on the PJ shows so that mine will do better numbers. (laughs) I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean... You do it. You do it to Elise, right? Shh. I, well, she's not here, so I mean, <laughs> you can admit it. Yeah, I mean, safe space. Know, this it is. A, this is the trust tree. You know, <laughs> we, we've got our lovely chat here tonight, and all of our favorite listeners. So it's good. It's I good. know chat's popping already. I love it. I'm so excited. What up, chat? How's it going? They're the best. I see Nathan is in the chat. We were all praying for Nathan because I know he was like dealing with a lot of bad weather stuff. So, so glad to see you here tonight and so glad to have you guys here. I want to give a big shout out to our newest local subscriber, Mark1323. He left us the sweetest review on Locals. I have to read it because it like low-key made me cry. Uh, He said, I love your content. Every time I see a video come out from YouTube, I can't wait to hear it. Thank you for getting into these topics and the research you do. I have to catch up on all your previous videos. And one of these days, I'll actually catch you when you're live. You both seem like such sweet spirits. Keep going and growing. Thank you so much. I hope you do catch us live so we can say hi to you. I know because there's there's always the people in the chat right and you get to know them and they're the like sneaky silent yes people who just never say anything or watch later right it's like you know part of the joy of this is like getting to know our audience so like I want to get to know you guys so jump on over on locals write reviews like interact with us it's more fun that way absolutely so today we are talking about dark matter and I am so excited because this is like everything nerdy and particle physics and I love it. And PJ's like, what the fuck? Well, I'm just offended. I think it's matter of color. So, uh, <laughs> <I'm trying> to, <laughs> you're right. I'm trying to right. keep up. It was African-American matter, but it's <laughs> matter of color. So, you know, here to be the uh, HR department of Hawkeye media. I, I guess the producer would have to also be the <laughs> HR department. Is that how that works? I, I, have wear, a, I, wear, I wear many just, hats. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. 
I have a problem with PJ being HR. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to report it to? See, that's the only way that we'll survive is if I am HR, because otherwise I'm getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. It, it's because he's the only guy here. He has to also be HR. Yeah. Right. Yep. So wait, you're telling me that PJ's HR because he's a man. <laughs> and, the, and, and women are depressed in this country? <laughs> I don't think they're oppressed in Hawkhound <laughs> since we made I think there needs to be more choice. I think there needs to be more repression going on around yeah, for sure. <laughs> a man would say that. Yes. Yeah, I, I yeah. walked out of Barbie Barbie World one day, went to a library and found out about the patriarchy and uh, it's gonna be fun times ahead. It's, so you're part of the Kenverse. I'm I'm a conservative, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Well, we can get into the Barbie multiverse maybe a little bit later. But first, let's start off with like, when you hear the phrase dark matter, like, what do you think of Abby? I learned about this in high school, I think. And and I heard that like, we kind of know it exists. And there's like so much more of it than like regular matter. Five times as much. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we have no idea what it is. It's always really intrigued me. Like, what? What, what is it, though? It's so crazy, and I love the story behind its discovery because it was discovered by this guy, Fritz Wicky, who is described <laughs> as being notoriously cantankerous. If with a name like Fritz Wicky, I already knew that about him. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is my first time hearing his name, and I knew he was a uh, cantankerous old <laughs> bastard. Ironically enough, he would call like his peers spherical bastards because they're bastards no matter which way you look. I at them. already like this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Annie. Annie says that dark matter matters, and I think that I want to go even farther and just say it's it's a real, it's a damn shame that that dark matter is so underrepresented. Repres represented. Rep yeah, that word. <laughs> dark matter does matter. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we need so PJ. We obviously need a. You know new what they shirt. say: quirks in a blanket fry them like bacon. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> No one says that. No, okay. I don't even, I don't even <laughs> know what that means. Never mind. <laughs> Represented. Represented. Somebody will, somebody will get that joke. Oh, okay. It, it's a movie quote, isn't it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dark matter is a cryptid. Yes, actually. Yes. It's the cryptid of science. It is the low cryptid. key. Low key. It's the cryptid of science. Ah, I'm so, so excited. Yeah, basically, there's this quandary that we're facing, right? Because our mathematical calculations suggest that there's some mass in existence exerting a gravitational influence on our galaxies. Like, they look at into space, and they see these galaxies all hanging out together. And you can do a mathematical calculation to describe the gravity that holds them together, Right basically the glue that holds them together. Based on that calculation, the amount of mass visualized is not enough to actually hold them together. So by all rights, those galaxies should be like flying apart. Okay. But they're not. Cool so stuff. Yeah. So something has to be holding them together. And that's the hypothesis behind dark matter is that something is holding them together. And so in quantum mechanics, like we kind of talked about in episode five, when we talked about whether or not the universe is real, everything is both a particle and a wave. And so 
dark matter, theoretically, should have this similar behavior. And we kind of see it when we see gravitational lensing. I want to show you guys a cool picture of gravitational lensing. Let me actually get to it. This is gravity equation, in case you needed a brush up on your physics. Ah, yes. Yes. Exactly. I know this. You know this one. Yeah. You know, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of Abby. Abby came prepared. I it's, did. Yeah, it's, the, it's how two M&Ms are attracted to, together. <laughs> it's the equation on that. It's the equation on, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's basically showing how masses are held together by gravity. Awesome. But look at this picture. Look at the way. It's a kaleidoscope. It, it is a kaleidoscope. Yeah. This is called gravitational lensing. So basically gravity is causing these, what just happened? These duplicates in the stars to kind of create mirror images. I think the best one of these, I for audio listeners, I'm sorry, you're missing out on pretty pictures of stars. <laughs> um, but there's this long like streak kind yeah. of in between the stars and like the left hand side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They call that the dragon. Oh. Okay. okay. I see it. I see it. Yeah. What, yeah. What is it? It's the bending in space and time because of dark matter. What? I know. No, I think I, it's just an actual dragon in the sky. <laughs> I mean, Loki, though. Yeah. Okay. So, wait, how do we. One thing I get stuck on with astronomy stuff is like mm-hmm. so much is told us really confidently. And yeah. then when the reasoning gets explained, it's like, wait, it's, it's, if this is true, then this is true. But what if, cause my understanding of gravity is that we don't actually completely understand gravity, right? Correct. Right. It, so if, if we're building assumptions based on the nature of gravity, I have questions. Me too. <laughs> okay. That this really is the whole problem with dark matter because we are basing our understanding of dark matter on the one of the four primary forces in physics on the one we understand the least. Okay. I was gonna say it feels like like dark matter is doing a lot of heavy lifting for the stuff that we don't understand. It feels I don't want to step on your toes on any of this stuff, but it feels yep, a little religious right. in ways where it's like. I was listening to just some explanations on it last night on a few podcasts and it was like, yeah, so all the laws and physics that we have, they actually don't make any sense. So dark matter. And it's just like, plug it in, plug it in every time. Nothing makes sense. It's dark matter. I mean, that's ultimately what it boils down to for me. It's, it's the God of the gaps for physics. Oh, that's what I was going to ask if it was a a God of the gaps type thing. It is. And this happens a lot of times in science like when Dmitry Mendeleev was constructing the periodic table he had lots of empty spaces in the periodic table based on predictions of known elements like I can know carbon exists because it has six protons we've discovered what's after that oxygen but I can hypothesize that in between those two must be nitrogen right so there's kind of hypothesizing that elements will eventually be discovered to fill the space. And that's basically what astrophysicists are doing right now. They're hypothesizing that this particle will be discovered to fill the space. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes they're absolutely right. Isn't that kind of like with the Higgs boson where they knew that it had to have existed based on certain properties. And then they, I don't know, it was like the sixties that it was uh, given the name and it wasn't discovered till 2000 right. something. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, a whole mystery around the Higgs boson is really interesting because, I mean, everything in the universe is made of particles. And they hi- hypothesize when the Big Bang happened, it happened with strictly light, right? We had this extremely dense mass and everything that flew out of it was light photons and just like pure energy. But something had to give those particles mass in order to create visible matter as we know it. And that's basically what the Higgs boson is to particle physicists. The thing that gives mass to those early universe particles. (laughs) Got it. I think. (laughs) Got it. I, I totally have my head around this. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I empathize with that a lot because as a chemist, I got I got like this much, like I can be on board with quantum theory. Yeah. I get that, you know, particles can also be waves. And basically it comes down to everything's the probability. Outside of that, it's like magic math hand waving. And that is the hard <laughs> part about talking about this is because yeah. I'm trying to explain something in English when it really should be explained in the language of math. Mm. That's a good point. As far as like, you can prove something mathematically, but it's difficult to articulate. Like I I promise it exists. No, I think she should just literally speak in ones and zeros for the rest of the episode. (sighs) It's total binary. Zero, one, zero, one, 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 zero, zero, one, 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 Yeah, but I'm non-binary. In, <laughs> I just in in my language, I, I prefer I just to not now realize be that the binary. matrix is offensive uh, <laughs> to the trans community. Jax also is non-binary. He said, "Well, I am going to need English, please." So, yeah. please be aware of the non-binary people around you. To, to be cognizant of our non-binary listeners, <laughs> we will be speaking in English and not binary code. Thank you. you. You bigots who believe <laughs> that language is only in ones and zeros. Yeah. You know, there are a lot more numbers than that, like two, four, <laughs> and like six. The color yeah. orange. An orange. Orange yeah. is not a number. <laughs> well, no, just based on the same logic as. Yeah, never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, one, no, PJ. Stop trying to, stop trying to be cool. Uh, you, just, you guys got to be an ally. That's what Jax is talking about. Be <laughs> an ally, right. guys. Come That's on. That's right. We're, we're being allies. I love it. Um, so y- I think I have another picture of gravitational lensing because it's so, it's just like so wild. And so here's one where you can kind of like zoom up a little bit closer and see this like haze around the galaxies. Like these aren't individual stars. These are galaxies that you're seeing. Gotcha. Because if I if I'm correct, dark matter exists mainly on the edges of galaxies, right? It kind of looks like an outside oh. holding them together, kind exactly, of exactly, exactly. So there's hypothesized to be this halo, kind of surrounding it. Let let me pull up a picture of sort of this halo idea, and so you can kind of see here we have the center of our galaxy, mm. and then the outer like rim of stars in the galaxy and then the galactic halo, which is like even further surrounding it. And this extra mass is gravitationally holding the spiral together. Are, are you, are you telling me that, that in Genesis one, when, 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 
when we got it <laughs> i was gonna say it <laughs> heavy breathing um the firmament is this ta- is the firmament talking about this is the firmament okay okay i'm calm <laughs> i like when we think of how god arranged the stars in space it's just so amazing and like just that this this particle that we can't see but we can mathematically predict is there is so incredible and to me just speaks of how creative God is. Because mm-hmm. even if we're wrong, there is still some extra mass holding the galaxy together somehow, some way. Right. So my my most recent uh, fictional understanding <laughs> of dark matter comes from uh, Dan Brown. And it was this basic idea, like, and I've heard this in a lot of books, so I want to ask you if this is where this idea comes from, I guess, is like dark matter is this thing that if it touches anything, it like it's a destroyer of worlds, essentially. Like if dark matter comes in contact, it's like a nuclear bomb goes off, like a a gram or something of this stuff. It's like this essential, essentially, it's this primordial ooze chaos, like destructive magic is is kind of how it comes across in a lot of like sci-fi novels. So I do want to clarify, dark matter is not antimatter. And what you just oh. described is oh, antimatter. Oh, I'm describing antimatter. You're, okay. Right. I'm an yeah. idiot. So, no, Fair you're enough. not an idiot. No, you're not. Because this is a, a like a very, very common misconception. Yeah. Because when antimatter and matter collide, they annihilate each other and just produce pure energy as a photon and carry gotcha. that away. Dark I wonder, matter is, is it me like, that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm getting it wrong, like if I'm remembering it wrong where he actually did say antimatter, if this is just a common thing that people do, like confusing the two. It is a common th- thing people do, just in the same way people can uh, confuse multiverse theory with multidimensional theory. Yes, They're actually yeah. different. So I think it's the same sort of thing. You think like anti-dark, yeah, they're the same thing. It's science, right? Yeah. Like you do. Dark, I misidentified. Okay, not I misidentified all, dark matter. I misgendered it. I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Not all, not all, not regular matter. Not all, not white matter is dark matter. <laughs> PJ, Do, does all matter just look the same to you? Yes, yes. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's because it's visible to him. He needs to read between the lines to the invisible matter. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, 6079 Smith got it right. That's antimatter. Ah, yeah. Love it. But See, I'm, here to, I'm here to ask the stupid questions. So that yeah. It's, yeah. To me, it's not a stupid question. But to me, it is. For sure. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Jess is like, there are no stupid questions. And I'm like, even I'm like, yeah, no, that was. <laughs> there are. <laughs> and I ask them sometimes. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's the hypothesis of like, yeah, we don't know what dark matter is, but what is it made up of? Right. Like we know what atoms are made up of. Atoms are protons, neutrons, and electrons. So what I think is it's the made composite? up of witchcraft. <laughs> I dark protons. I mean, dark is, protons, right? Is, is the it's idea not, it, that it's basically the same thing except somehow inverted but then then it's just antimatter again if it's inverted right right so it's not the same thing as just like straight up matter the idea is is that there are these very neutral but heavy particles so there are a couple of different hypotheses there's the idea that they could be neutrinos have you guys ever heard of neutrinos yeah 
Okay, so these are often produced in the Large Hadron Collider and CERN, but the neutrinos they make are too hot. And when I say hot, I don't mean like sexy or anything. I mean the particles so not, are moving. They're not sexy uh, space communists like the Pleiadians. No, they're not Pleiadians. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Annie says it's not enough to be matter; you have to be antimatter, guys. Mm, so so true. Yeah. So true, Annie. <laughs> I don't really care about neutrinos if they're not hot, to be honest. Yeah. Well, so dark matter is supposed to be cold. <sighs> I know. Bye, guys. Can I, can, I, can I ask you about the biggest uh, BS in the whole naming thing? Because we're talking about antimatter sure. and all these different... Dark matter, isn't it clear? Invisible? Okay. Uh, yes. When we say dark, we, we're talking about from an astrophysics standpoint. So we're meaning not interacting with light okay. and i know like my high school physics students would be like that actually means it absorbs all wavelengths of light we're talking about stars so in space when something is dark that means there's no light mm. so like when in in genesis 1 when it says and god separated the light from the darkness from the dark before yeah. there were any stars before there was a See, sun that's, that's what i wanted to ask because like the old a lot of the understanding of like the ancient understanding of that verse is that it wasn't that everything was created out of nothing. Like we think of the big bang as like there was literally nothing and then everything happened. Right. But in the old understanding, it was that there was a primordial chaos and that it wasn't right. a creation of everything from nothing. It was a separation of things from this primordial chaos. And to me, that sounds like dark matter, the separating of the dark and light right in the beginning of Genesis and the separating of this like primordial chaos i don't know is that fair to say or i think so that's what i have always thought because i mean when we read the beginning of genesis it says the earth was formless and void not mm -hmm. that the earth wasn't there that it was just formless and void and so god was just bringing order to all of the chaos mm -hmm. that existed yeah. Yeah. and every every verse feels is a dividing like that's right light from darkness dry land from water all these things the first couple of verses are him just creating physics. Right. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the neutrinos hypothesis. Then there's the wimps hypothesis. Not like the nerdy guy, you know, who you bullied in high school, but like weak interacting massive particles. These are thought to have been around during the Big Bang. Uh, they only clump together because they have mass. So they're really only being held together by gravity. This is the one most physicists think of when they think of what makes up dark matter. Because it's just like these big, heavy, neutral particles that are moving around because of gravity. Okay. Uh, another hypothesis and the, the last one I'll talk about is machos, the opposite of wimps, uh, this <laughs> massive astrophysical compact halo object, which we already talked about, the, okay. the idea that it kind of surrounds these galaxies like a halo, like this weird haze thing. Like a firmament. Like a firmament. I like it. So to kind of sum up, like we can, we can tell it's there. We can Math infer it's there mathematically. We can infer it's there mathematically. And we can kind of see it. We can't it. see it. We, but, the, but the gravitational 
thingamajiggers. Well, it's like the you can see the effects of it, right? It's more like wind okay, noise, right, right. That's why yeah. I'm saying you can see kind of but not right the thing itself because I like what PJ said. It's like wind; you can't see wind. Uh, but I mean, if we got really down small, we could see the atoms that make <clears throat> yeah. up wind. We can't even do that okay. unless you're unless you're Pocahontas. Then you can see the wind. The colors okay. of the wind. The, right. the, paint, paint the, with all the of wind them. of color, PJ. Yeah. Wind of color. <laughs> Is it like negative space? The indigenous wind of color. You know, you know when you have like art that's that's built in negative space. So instead of drawing the thing, you draw yeah. around it. Is that kind of that's how, how it I is? imagine it? So the universe is a minimalist painting. Kind of. Well, it's it's almost like we we it's think the shroud of Turin. We're the most <laughs> Im- important thing. But what if we're just kind of like carved out of this other more real, more important thing? What if we're the ghosts in the universe? Yeah. That's that is. Are you trying to make fun of how white I am? Yes. Okay. It's just because you're a ginger. Yeah. I do look like a ghost sometimes. But then there's the question of black holes, which okay. I think is really interesting okay. because primordial black holes were high. Again, how they know what happened at the beginning of the universe when they weren't there. <laughs> I don't even know, but they're hypothesizing that there were these tiny black holes created during the Big Bang, and these lumpy black holes could kind of like accumulate and then collapse in on themselves, and that's what's creating the dark matter. Uh, yeah. Huh. Lumpy black holes. Lumpy black holes. This sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> it's wibbly wobbly timey wimey, Abby. Oh, I like that though. Okay. I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, PJ, you walked onto a show. We're talking about space. Yeah. Come on. I don't know what you expected. There had to be one Doctor Who reference minimal. I'm surprised. You have, you I have your this one. Long. You have your one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, out of all of the, the dark things we've talked about, there is one dark thing that is so undiscovered and unknown that, like, it blows my mind every time I think about it. And that's Dark Brandon. <laughs> Honestly, this is like the malarkey, guys. Come on, right? Yeah, come on, it's, man. It's just just this like darkness in the center of our country that just pervades everything. I'm glad you brought this up. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's he's like a black hole consuming yeah. everything he touches especially ice cream. You know, it's 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 so like accurate because you look at him and you think there's not much there. There's not much going on and yet it feels like there's all of these dark fingers moving things and governing the country and and kind of like a a deep dark state and that's dark matter. That's right. dark Brandon. That's dark Brandon. <laughs> the whole yeah. the, has it always been Joe Biden? <clears throat> Since the very it's, beginning. It's all Joe Biden. Yeah. All Joe Always Biden. has been. Jack <laughs> says this is the equivalent to getting Rickrolled. You're welcome. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, okay, now that that's out of the way, I want to talk about dark energy. Dark energy, okay. Okay, so we don't know anything about dark matter. <laughs> we know nothing about dark is, energy. Is dark energy just ice cream because it fuel, fuels dark Brandon? Yeah, mm. basically. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so we talked about the Big Bang and everything, and the only reason we even hypothesize 
that there's dark energy is because the universe is expanding. And when you think about it, it doesn't make sense that the universe should be expanding. Because after the Big Bang, as the particles move from the center of wherever the bang came from, over time, however long that time is, you should see a slow decrease in acceleration as these bodies spread out from one another. And, but that's not what we see. We see these stars redshifting, which means the frequency is getting slower, right? The light right. you receive from the stars is getting slower, which means they're getting further away at a faster rate. So they have to be getting energy from somewhere. And so they another like empty periodic table symbol, another fill-in-the-blank hole, catch-all term, dark energy, they've called that. This is another one where I'm like, what if we're just wrong? What if somehow we're misinterpreting the red shift and the universe is not in fact expanding? I, to me, I think that's entirely impossible. You proposed that to an astrophysicist who's been doing this his whole life has said, well, pop yeah, off. Yeah, that's fair. Simple. It's, it's like, it's fun to think about, but then you sit there and you're like, are these people... It's like the one realm of science where you feel like you get lied to the easiest, right? Yeah. Because it's all out there. It's so far away. And the people who have access to like the telescopes and the data, it's it's a lot less accessible than like geology. Right. Right. It's not like uh, I can go outside and dig me up some dark matter. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, and then you have the fact that er, er, most cultures throughout history had some concept of like, astrology and and right. seeing things in the stars and that makes me wonder things too what's really out there i mean that's the ultimate question is what is really out there what is this thing that we're detecting and so there's this theory called the hidden valley it was proposed by Catherine zurich who realized i mean just like you do that we know lots of places not to look. We can do process of elimination. We know it's not this. We know it's not this. But we don't have a concrete, oh, it is definitely this. And so what if, if dark matter and dark energy exists, it is in a sort of parallel universe to ours. It behaves under a certain set of laws of physics that aren't the same as ours. All I know about the Hidden Valley is that if you do look there, you will find Ranch. Not that type of okay. Hidden Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this guy? I don't, I don't know. know. You do a show with I'm him adding, every I'm week? I'm adding nothing, guys. I honestly don't. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Abby doesn't want to face her embarrassment and shame that she's like, oh, a podcast with this That's fair. guy. That's fair. Ooh. So we're not talking about Ranch then. No, we're talking about okay. parallel universes because our current, our standard model of physics, right? As we know it, there are four known forces in the universe. You have the electromagnetic force, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, and gravity. And this comes from Newton's law of classical physics and Einstein's theory of special relativity. Anytime physicists try to fit dark matter into that model, it doesn't work. 
So they've been fighting to come up with new mathematical models. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I was going to say this. See, this is where I was saying in the beginning. It's like we have to make something fit. What we what we say and what we understand, what we know doesn't work. So it's not that we're wrong or our assumptions are wrong. It's that we have to like jam this thing in there. And now you're saying that it doesn't work on the Newtonian physics model and it doesn't yeah, work in Einstein's special relativity. So therefore, Einstein and Newton have to be wrong because I need they're my not thing saying to that. make sense. No, no, no. They're not saying that. They're not okay. saying they have to be wrong. They're saying that what we have now is not good enough to encompass all theories. Gotcha. What okay. they're looking for is a theory to encompass Newton and Einstein it does and come dark a, matter. It does come across a little bit like this is what I need the answer to be and I'm going to force it into this worldview that I have a little bit or am I wrong? Cause that's just kind of how it comes across a little bit sometimes. I think it comes across that way because there's so much unknown. You can only mm-hmm. work with what you know. Yeah. And right. so if you have a hypothesis, you have to have a way to test the hypothesis. Cause th- this and, is, this is my criticism of a lot of science uh, in, in a lot of ways. It's like we see this very often in, in all kinds of fields where it's like, this has to be the answer. This has to be, my understanding of it. And therefore, if the data doesn't match it, I'm going to find a way to like force it to, to work a little bit. I do kind of blame this on our perception of the scientific method because mm-hmm. you're taught in school when you generate a hypothesis, it has to be a concrete yes or no answer to that hypothesis. Right. So you can go back to the drawing board and try again. And so while you're in the middle of testing that hypothesis, you kind of have to commit to it. Until you're through with the testing phase. And we are in the testing phase of dark matter. The the term was coined in the 30s, but we really haven't learned enough from the original hypothesis to conclusively say yes or no to it yet. I mean, just this July, they launched the Euclid Space Telescope into space so they could better try and study dark matter. See, and I'm totally okay with this, and I think this is actually the proper way to look at science because what's happening instead is that we're constantly told, trust the science. The science is in and of itself a set and known and confirmed thing, and any hypotheses outside of what is known as like somehow wrong and bad and evil. And it's like, instead of, it seems like there there's should be at least some curiosity of like, huh, this doesn't make sense. We need to figure this out. What could it be? And instead it's like it, 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 the way that it's (laughs) preached to, to the layman is you're stupid for asking questions yet on the highest levels. They're basically like, I don't know. And it's like, it's, it's like a adventurous and more fun to look at science that way than in the like, you know, shut up. I I think when you talk to the Neil deGrasse Tysons and the Bill Nyes of the world, it definitely feels like that. You brought you brought up Neil deGrasse Tyson just to get me going. Listen, if you guys click in the chat, you notice we have a special emoji just for Neil deGrasse Tyson. Can we get some some Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, (laughs) emojis? Wait, which one is it? It's the one where the Neil deGrasse Tyson with an X through him. I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of these in here. Just need a bunch of these in the chat before I lose my mind Wait talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson again. Where why can't I find him? Oh, maybe I need to be Oh yeah, you you might need to be a special subscriber. So maybe you should subscribe. <laughs> I well, conspiracy pull to subscribe, but I'm I'm logged in on my personal account. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to everybody listening. Yeah. You guys should smash that like button and hit the subscribe button so you can get special emojis. Yeah. 
But yeah, when you talk to these guys who are just like high on their own supply, they're going to come off as like really condescending. I have found that when you talk to people actually in it and actually doing the work, they're a lot more like, yeah, I know. I don't know, but I'm trying my best. And it depends on what level you talk to this person. If you talk to the grad student or the new professor, they're much more normal, I guess I would say. If you talk to the professor who's been tenured for 20 years, like, don't even bother talking to that guy. He's too entrenched in his own supply. You need to find the person who's actually on the ground doing the work and not the person writing the grants. Fair. That's fair. But yeah, this idea of this Hidden Valley, like the possibility that there could be a whole alternate set of physics that we're dealing with because like you said i mean we genuinely just don't know what it is we take it for granted that we talk about dark matter but we don't know what it is so i want to hypothesize that maybe what they're detecting is actually the spirit world hmm. Ooh. because if we like you were saying abby god was separating the light from the dark we see so many instances of again this is just me talking like of the spirit world leaking in i talked about this a lot during the magnetic fields and ley lines episode and electromagnetism is another one of those forces that we kind of understand but we don't really understand the earth's magnetic field but it's so essential for protecting the planet, holding the atmosphere in, all of these essential things for moving galactic bodies, we understand the least. And to me, who better to have command of all of that than God? What is happening right now? We're arguing about Pluto in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm over here like talking about deep yeah. philosophical things. You're like, shut <laughs> up. I'm talking about Pluto. Okay, listen. We're we gonna do the Pluto thing. Let's do the Pluto. Let's do the Pluto thing. <laughs> Jack said it's a dwarf planet. It is a dwarf planet. No, it's not. It's, it's a, a real, real planet. Pla- that, do- that doesn't make it less than a real planet. Uh, would <clears throat> you say a dwarf is not a person, Abby? Yes. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, listen here. I'm listen here. Boy. Okay. Okay. Because okay. Pluto was always a planet. Pluto was even in the mythologies. Even right. when people you really want Pluto to be a planet when it represents Hades? Yeah, yes, it's important. I, I don't judge it based on the okay. You're you're distracting me. <laughs> Somehow people knew about Pluto even when they shouldn't have been able to see it. Right? So when when you and it's in the mythologies, when you take it out of the mythologies, so much stuff goes goes weird and wonky and then when you try to say dwarf planets are just the same as regular planets, then you have to include the rest of the dwarf planets that aren't in the mythologies. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> okay. So anyway, please continue. I mean, <laughs> Annie, that, that, that MF effort, is it real? It's not real, Abby. It's real. I mean, it, it, it's a dwarf planet for sure. It's a it's 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 a regular sized planet. It it's just a regular happens to be si- 
Okay. Okay. We, smaller. We, it's a regular size planet with a smaller diameter and a smaller grav gravitational pull, probably less dark matter. He's just on the struggle bus. I'm sorry, but the run to the litter is still in the litter. I didn't say he wasn't in the litter. I was just calling him a dwarf. No, but you're uh, saying that the rest of the dwarf planets are also in the litter and they're not. Not necessarily because the rest of the dwarf planets aren't in our solar system. (laughs) (laughs) I've reached the limit of my knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to keep arguing when you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you held your own for a while. I <laughs> but they're really not in the solar system? The other dwarf planets in our system? I don't think so. If anything, they're, they're exoplanets that are in our solar system. Okay. And these are the ones that are like, now we're getting to, into like Drake equation stuff. Have you guys heard of the Drake equation? No. Vaguely. Go for it. Okay, so this is the attempt to estimate the number of possible civilizations on other planets. And again, this is statistical probability. They're plugging in the number of planets that are known. They estimate that the number of planets in the entire universe is like 70 quintillion, like just a meaningless number. But then the idea that those planets would be habitable and also hold civilizations. And so they had like this whole conference called the search for extraterrestrial intelligence or SETI. PJ, have you not heard of this? I've heard of SETI. Yeah. Okay. You've heard of SETI. Well, that's what this is. It's like, I, now that you say what it is, I know exactly what it is. I just wasn't familiar with the name. I couldn't remember the name. Okay. Yeah. So they're basically hypothesizing, especially when you add exoplanets into the equation that there could be life out there. Out there. Okay. Which I think is cool. <laughs> We're still fighting about Pluto in the chat. All right. I'm, I'm going to ignore you guys. <laughs> move on. Move All on. All right. Let's, so just to kind of like start wrapping up this episode, uh, let's talk about multiverse and multidimensions. Because okay. Good. I feel like this more explains dark matter to me than anything else. So they're, they are different. And I just want to clarify the audience. Multiverse and multidimensions are totally different. So okay. the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics inserts, <coughs> asserts that the universal wave function is objectively real. So think Schrodinger's cat again, right? Until you observe what is in the box, the cat is both alive or dead. Until you make a concrete decision, it could be any sort of possibility. The many worlds interpretation asserts that all possibilities have been chosen over all of these different parallel universes. But because they are parallel universes, they are strictly alongside them. Like they never intersect because they are parallel. So while Marvel might show them jumping from universe to universe to get infinity stones or whatever, that's not something that can happen because the universes never truly intersect. They are actually parallel. Yeah. I think the whole thing is BS to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean the guy who created it was his whole purpose was to explain away the whole uh, fine tuning argument. So it it just seems Mm. convenient to be like these exist. 
And you could never see or observe or find them in any way at all. Right. Yeah. Well, this is the problem with string theory, right? Because string theory relies on this as well. It's uh, this idea that... Like can, it's, there's more faith in this than there is in, in, in religion. And, and then right. it's used as a way to explain away religion by saying, this thing is 110% true because a guy who hates God said, this makes if, if this is true, God doesn't exist. Also, you can't observe it or measure it or see it, and we can never understand <laughs> it and prove that it exists. Exactly. Take me at my word, bro. <coughs> but the idea that there are other real planes of existence that... I think that's what it's trying to get at. Yeah. To me, that explains dark matter better than just this particle that we can't see, doesn't interact with light, doesn't interact with matter. It's this shadow universe, like this shadow world, aka the spirit world, that can sometimes interact with us because we know demons interact with us. We know God interacts with us. But we can't necessarily interact on the other side unless we use a large hadron collider to open up a portal to hell. <laughs> so, yes, we can then. I feel like that's what CERN's trying to do. They're, like, they say they're trying to study dark matter, but they, they are. Like, they mean what they say. They're trying to study dark matter by trying to create a plane in which these worlds can interact. Hmm. CERN is interesting to me because they, they do this this thing that we talk about a lot on our show which is they'll say it doesn't exist but it does and it's good actually and they do this with with black holes they'll say we're not opening portals but yes we are inside the Hadron Collider at a million times a day and it's good and here's when why it's turn- good <laughs> when they turned it on like one of the yeah. scientists interviewed was like oh, I don't know anything could happen a dragon could pop out for all I know like they are, they are actually creating black holes inside of like yeah. micro black holes, but they yeah. are doing yeah. some type of. Yeah, I think that like, OK, there are things that we know and we don't know how we know them, but everybody knows them. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that there's another world. Right. And everybody Every knows. Has always known this. Yeah. And everybody knows that CERN is doing things about that. <laughs> and everybody knows that dark matter is in some way related to it, but we don't necessarily know how to quantify that. Right. right? Basically. I don't think even they like, I hate saying they don't know what they're doing, but they really don't know what they're doing. I feel like they're trying to follow this intuition. And for some people it's for sheer discovery. Like I want to understand these particles that I can't see, but for the people higher up, you know, I have questions about your motives. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. So that's the many worlds interpretation. Multi dimensions is different. So we experience life in four dimensions, right? The three physical dimensions, height, length, width, and then the fourth dimension is space time. So there's an ongoing field, field of study in physics that is attempting to explain both relativity and quantum theory like we just talked about. And that's this idea of multi-dimensions. Maybe there are dimensions we haven't figured out yet that could encompass both quantum theory and relativity. Go ahead. No, go. No, uh, never mind. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep up, <laughs> but my brain's like, 
your brain's like, because they're like, eh. for right. those who are listening, Abby's making like this, oh my God, face. <laughs> I'm having a stroke face. It's, well, okay. So when, when we do conspiracy research, we run into people like Zachary Sitchin is somebody, I think is a great example, where they do really, really good archaeological research. Right. And then they start to make hypotheses based on that research. And then from those hypotheses, they go into just wild fan fiction and they're not able to separate out like it's difficult to separate out when the good research stops and when the wild fantasizing begins. And it feels like that with this too, where it's like there's, I know there's something really cool here. I just don't know where the line is. I think the, the line is not known because this is so new. This field of research is so deeply unknown. Like every other field of scientific study, we can say we at least have the tiniest grasp on. Right. Like I can say I understand how chemical reactions work, even if I don't necessarily understand how it all happens on the quantum level. A biologist can say they kind of understand how the human body works if they study certain systems, but they don't necessarily know how the brain works. This is the brain of particle physics. This is the thing we just don't get at all. Because it's so new, it's so unstudied, and it's so hard because the matter, is, it's dark. Like, how are you supposed to interact with it? You can't put it on a scale. The only way we know it exists is that it interacts with gravity. It doesn't interact with light, so I, we have zero tools to detect it with. They're trying with the LHC to recreate it like they recreated the Higgs boson. But in doing so, what are the repercussions? I mean, they can't possibly know until they do it. And that's always been true of science. You don't know what the repercussions are until you do it. That was true in Oppenheimer. They didn't know what the repercussions of the atom bomb were. They didn't know if it would incinerate our atmosphere until they actually did it. They could guess, but they didn't know for sure. And then they become Vishnu destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Right. No, it, it, it's it, the, the fan fiction thing is interesting to me because like just reading uh, just the names <laughs> that come out of this feel like something that would be in a fantasy novel to explain. Like, here's here's the thing. It's a uh, dark matter and dark energy and dark this. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it does feel a little fan fiction. Like, I, I'm not saying right. there isn't there isn't something there. Obviously, we can measure it through uh, or infer its existence through things like gravity. I just do love the fact that it's uh it's like a second grader came up with the names. Jess, would it is it fair to say about science that there's this tendency to not be willing to say we don't know. And so to names instead of just saying, look, our our calculations aren't working. Our math's not mathing. Right. Instead of just saying that, they're like, oh look, I'm gonna invent this thing which may or may not exist. Like there's a there's a good reason to put it in, in the equation to solve the equation, right? right. To say, I need this thing right. here. But what if they just said, we don't know? How, how do you get funding for that? How do you it, get it's the, a great point? Right. How do you get the money to test a hypothesis when you say, mm. I don't even know what my hypothesis is? Shoot. Yeah. And then and then you get stuck. Right? right with one hypothesis because yeah. only one is getting funding and it's popular and and at some point you can't question it anymore. Exactly. I read a whole book in high school about how you couldn't even do research in anything else but string theory in physics. Like you couldn't question it. 
String theory is so frustrating because this is another one of those, like, if it's like PJ was describing the multiverse theory, Mm -hmm. it's self-fulfilling, right? Either it, what am I trying to say? It's this idea that the, the strings act on this vibrational state and they are in all of these different dimensions and they predict the compactification of the universe in these like teeny tiny string like particles. But again, you're like observing the wave function all right. at once. Right. So it's like I can't disprove it because there's no way to test it. It's just a theory. Did yeah. I lose you? Did- no, no, no. But 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 that's but that's at what point do we right. go from science into religion again, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like this bell curve, right? Mm-hmm. Where we had religion because we didn't have science. In a lot of in a lot of cases it was, you know, there's a god in that well because I don't have a way to explain however whatever else is happening. Right. And it's that bell curve of like okay, we have science, we don't need religion and then when science fails to like answer all the questions, right. it becomes religion again or leads you back to religion. Cause I'm religious. I'm not trying to put it down. Right. Science led me back to religion. Like the very first episode of quirks we ever talked about proteins being the fingerprints of God that really reinvigorated my faith in God, mm. just like knowing that getting to study science all of the time, just like reveals to me how creative God is. But for scientists, they treat the created thing itself as God. And that is the mistake they're falling into. They want to understand it so bad that they think, oh, if I could just understand it, then I myself could be God too. Yeah. Wow. Like if you could, if you could, because, okay, because it becomes a mythology, mm-hmm. right? Right. Eventually the, the hypotheses, because that's literally what mythology always was from the right. very beginning. It was just hypotheses about what the world, like how the world worked. Right. From in, in the very beginnings of mythology in like the deepest pre-Greek, Greek mythologies, it was more sciencey, <laughs> And then it got... Right it got more storytelling as it, as it grew. And it's interesting too, because I feel like in those mythologies, people were always trying to chase a form of heroism. Like you had the Hercules character or the Achilles character, these people who could somehow become demigods of a kind, if you could achieve something. And so maybe for scientists achieving this unknown thing, allows their names to be in the history books forever, allows them to achieve a certain type of immortality. Yeah. Dang. PJ's like, I got nothing. No, oh, it's, he's it's, muted. It's fun to think about, right? That, it is fun that to think about. If our assumptions are correct, right? If, right. The th- if, if the math is telling us the truth that all this stuff is out here. We do actually have some sort of mathematical evidence of a whole bunch of stuff in the universe that we can't see. Right. Which then leads to like, well, that's what the Bible is telling us. That's what every mythology ever has told us, that there are things in the universe that you can't see. 
right. that nevertheless have a strong impact on our reality. And we know that's true. Right. My favorite verse to share with my physics students is Hebrews 11.3. Uh, let me pull it up because I want to make sure I quote it, quote it correctly for you guys. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Like the Bible tells us straight up that God made things to be invisible. As a chemist, I originally thought, oh, he's talking about atoms. No, 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 no. He's talking about something more than that. Yeah. Well, with dark, th- with dark matter, it's quite literally invisible, according what? to, yeah. Exactly. It's not just like things I can't see with my eyeball. It's like things that don't interact with light or don't interact with matter. Right. So invisible that we have to infer it. We literally have to believe it's there because it is holding the universe together. Kind of like God. <laughs> and, and and here we come to this the the Christian allergy of 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 saying yeah. for some reason we have a hard time saying if the spiritual exists, maybe we could see it in our equations. Maybe we could maybe it could be physical in some way. Because the Bible never ever says that these things are imperceivable in uh, unfindable by any type of science we just i don't know when we decided that that was true that that with no amount of looking could we ever get eyes on it right i mean if we were able to get eyes on the atom who's to say however long we may be here the right (laughs) and might come tomorrow but if we had another couple millennia to figure this stuff out then the question becomes like you guys were talking very recently about how these beings sometimes bring the secret knowledge to humans. And then we get things like agriculture and fire and now AI. And Elise and I've talked about this during our Anunnaki episode. It's like, we know there's a spiritual world out there and everywhere in every mythology you look at, they're bringing secret knowledge to humans could they also be bringing this secret knowledge to humans to make the Large Hadron Collider to discover dark matter, to discover their world? Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like it's being <clears throat> used to point us towards something, right? Right. Got to wonder what that thing is. Yeah. I like what Swimhook says. It's like having a 500-piece puzzle with a few dozen pieces mi- missing. We know how the puzzle should come together, but we haven't found the couch. We haven't found the couch cushions hiding the missing pieces. Intergalactic couch cushions. That's my new theory. <laughs> you hit it behind it's the, the new. Intergal- it's the new hidden valley. It is. It's the hidden couch cushions theory. Right. PJ, like if if a fifth of the stuff. No, a sixth of the stuff, right? Five times. So Five a sixth, times. Well, yeah, a sixth like, of the stuff in the universe is, is unseen. Is that correct? I thought it was 80% yeah. was dark matter. All right. So the breakdown is like this. The world is 5% visible matter, 25% dark matter, 70% dark energy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, 
what'd you say? Like 95% between dark matter and dark energy. Right. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying, Abby? Just, just that if it's true that there's that much stuff in the universe that we can't see, like how do, how do you like just taking that bit of knowledge? How do you square it with like everything that you believe about aliens and, and all of that alien civilization and shit? Oh, well, I mean, I think it's just that it kind of goes back to what I was. You were talking about like multidimensional stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that there is to me, it just seems like it's all a mixture of the physical and something else. What do we really want to call that spiritual or interdimensional or whatever? It does seem like there's not there's there's a tendency to look at everything in really black and white interplanetary scientific, you know, can see and be touched and felt and observed ways. And when I talk about aliens and things like that, it seems like we keep coming back to there's something multidimensional aspect to them, something spiritual or, or invisible realm type stuff that keeps coming back to where it's like it's on the verge of our or it's on the edge of our vision and the edge of our reality, but it's not the same type of not to say that it doesn't have a physicality to it because it does, but it seems to obey by other rules. So, right. Yeah. This is what I was saying about the hidden Valley. What if there is a parallel law of physics that doesn't necessarily interact with our physics? Right. Right. Like we see these videos of the UFOs like hanging suspended in yeah, they space. appear to defy physics. Right. They literally appear to defy physics. So what if it's not I mean the technology is obviously different, but what if they're obeying a different set of laws of physics? A different physics. A different physics. Yeah, a different geometry. Right. Um What was I what did I I had a, I had a brilliant thought in my head just now. And now it's gone. It's all PJ's fault. It is. 100%. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay, different physics, different. It has to be my fault because I've yet to hear Abby give a brilliant thought, so it must just be because I'm in the room and it's if it's You're kinda, just yeah sapping all is. of her energy. Okay, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you have said that's brilliant before when I've said something. So no, nope, I'm going to deny. Did that. you lie nobody, or nobody, nobody find clips? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely don't watch every episode of Conspiracy Pilled and make a clip collage of people of PJ calling Abby brilliant. <laughs> I don't think for like five minutes. I think it's happened at least once. Yeah, man. Um, where were okay? This is important. I have to find it again. Okay, while you're thinking about that, Swimhook made a really good point. Greek philosophers called it the ether. The ether. The ether. The ether is so interesting because when we hypothesize the atom. We hypothesize it as being both a particle and a wave. And we imagine all this empty space. You always hear in like your high school physics class, I I can't actually touch you because there's a whole infinity of empty space separating us. Yeah. But that's not what the original hypothesis was. If it is a wave, it must be a wave through something. Just like when you make ocean waves, it is a wave in the ocean. When there are waves in the atmosphere, it's waves through air. So if matter is waves, what is it a wave through? The ether or maybe dark matter. 
I love that because because it, it starts to I love when a theory starts to answer questions that are like left hanging by other theories. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I remember the other thing because we also have another kind of example of matter not making sense or something about um, we're talking about the spirit world existing in, in some sort of physical form that we don't completely know how to quantify. But right. when a person dies, it, people have been weighed at the moment of death mm. and they get lighter. So something leaves. Oh my God. Uh, this is, this is, this is like, it's like never talked about cause it's super freaky. And, and it's like one of those things at the edges of like, no, nobody wants to think about it, but like they, the soul has weight. I, oh my gosh, I love this. For so the much. spirit I, or however, however you want to put it. Yes. Right. Like, and this is like, I heard about that study when I was like a kid in early high school, late, late elementary school. But like mm. nobody talks about it. I have to find this study because this ties into what Elise and I were talking about uh, when we were talking about, science and the soul when we were talking about consciousness yeah because aristotle had this idea of hylomorphism that the body and the soul were the exact same thing and so when Mm -hmm. you die you know that's it you're dead there's nothing after this but um oh shoot i can't remember his name the other guy um believed in dualism that the soul exists and goes somewhere Mm -hmm. and so i could see that having weight or matter and maybe that's what that dark energy is, that dark matter. I'm telling you, dark matter is spiritual. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it it's, is. it's interesting with the whole soul thing because it's it's not gases escaping from the body. It's not this. That's like they, they've tested this in hermetically sealed like containers, right? Where like not even breath or like is it gas or anything that would leave the body after death is is not being weighed. Right. Uh, and it come, kind of comes back to the thing that I've been trying to say for, for a while now is that, yes, yeah, the 21-gram experiment, I think, is what somebody put in mm. the chat. So is that there, there's this distinct separation when it comes to talking about otherworldly things and, and spiritual things. It's like this thing is entirely spiritual, and then this thing is entirely physical, and I think that there's a crossover somewhere in this where it's like, again, it sounds like dark matter where it's like, there's a gravitational effect to something it's observable, but it's on the edges of something that we can understand. So it's not that it's entirely spiritual and therefore in, you know, immeasurable in every single way. It's just not measurable in a way that we can fully understand. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, like there is a crossover the physicality and the spirituality of, of, of supernatural beings. We're talking about this with Ezekiel, uh, this comes up in the alien stuff a lot, but it does seem to just keep being there where it's like, I mean, even Genesis six, right? Like right. there's this idea like, oh, angels are entirely spiritual beings and therefore don't even try to give them any kind of physicality. Ignore that they walked into Sodom and Gomorrah. Ignore that they uh, right. kicked Peter in the ribs or ate food or had sex or with made Nephilim. women. Or, yeah, yeah. Things like that where it's like, mm, yeah, Nephilim are just Nephilim are just dark matter, <laughs> dark matter mixing with DNA, I think in a way. Okay. Right? So here's the thing. If the dark matter could suddenly attain physical form, like let's say uh, I'm going to get like super quacky here. Let's say that if dark matter is behaving by a separate set of physics, that physics could somehow merge with our physics and become physical. 
could you go back? I wonder if it's a single commitment. Like yeah. once you've become physical, that's it. Now you're physical. And so the, fall, the, the fallen angels are giving something up when they became physical to sleep with the human women. I think you can take this even further to say it was that much bigger of a deal right. that God became man, that, that Jesus came to earth because the, there was no known way back. Right. But, but God was the one who knew the way back. Right. Yeah. To me, this just reminds me of the, the Nephilim stuff again, where it's like the, according to Enoch and according to a lot of uh, people who study this, the, the belief on demons that they're not just fallen angels, like that distinction is not biblical. It's, it's more of a, it is a Catholic belief and it's just been kind of taken for, for a long time ever since they changed the definition of the sons of uh, Seth or they changed the definition of sons of God to be sons of Seth, which is mm-hmm. not a very good interpretation uh, to Anyway, my point is that the spirits of the Nephilim literally cannot leave. That's what demons right. are. Let's talk about them right. floating around a dry place. It says a lot of times in the Bible, it's like they leave. They, they're trying to inhabit some, phys, some something more physical. Mm-hmm. I'd say they have some physicality to them maybe, but like if we're talking dark matter, like 21 grams type stuff, right? But like they leave and they can't go anywhere. They're stuck in this dry place until they can inhabit another body. So that idea that they're stuck here because of the the, you know, like you said, the mixture of the right. physical and the and the spiritual, the dark matter, whatever you want to call it, uh, it does seem like that is their punishment. They're stuck here for some reason. They can't go back to to wherever. So, are, and and sorry, go ahead. Are are our souls made of dark matter, or are we all light? Is that the point? I have no idea. It's a good question, though. Nephilim I know it ginger, is. That's Nephilim why I asked. Or ginger matter. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I wonder okay. if that's like why these spirit, like you were saying, PJ, why they need mm-hmm. a vessel because dark matter doesn't interact with physical matter except through gravity. Okay. So that's why ghosts can like knock things over, but that's a, like about it because yeah. they're using gravity to do that. That's interesting because it's, it's uh what is, there's a name for it. A, when a ghost can do that poltergeist, poltergeist right? or, yeah. Yeah. or whatever, like they, the most physical thing they can do is kind of like pressure. Like if you right. think about sleep paralysis or gravitational type thing, well, sleep paralysis is interesting because it's like it's on the chest. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. gravity holding you down. It's like something you can't see, but it's like gravity holding you yeah. down. And then the idea of like throwing things across the room is like the, uh, the effects That's, of gravity, right? Right. Right. Yeah. You, so demons are dark matter. We figured it out. You and take, that's why they only can uh, interact with the world through gravitational forces. You take that farther and you realize that all the mythologies make gods of all the planets and like what and the, and the stars, right? And they tell spiritual stories about these, these things that have a lot of gravitational right. pull. And, and we've known about gravity for so long and yet we don't, we don't know. Right, it's the the part of the standard model we understand the least. It helps that we have Einstein's theory of special relativity now to see how it impacts time, mm. and that's why like we have all of these sci-fi movies where it's like if I travel through space, I don't age quite as fast because all of time is relative. Mm-hmm. Because like of, uh, what's that movie? Interstellar. 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 Yeah. 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 That movie's really good. 
And that's quantum mechanics, that movie. Ooh. But. And poltergeists. And poltergeists. Exactly. It is, yeah, in the end. Yeah. He becomes dark matter. Doesn't he? (laughs) It's. It, okay, there's like, I, th- I think that scientists get so lost in science that they forget to look at like, what do we know? What do we just, what do we know about the world? What, right. what is just like, what have we known since the beginning? What's in all the mythology and how can we make sense of that with and compare it? Because I think that it, they live so siloed in their they data, do. right? And they don't factor in other things just from storytelling and history and real life where I think that people know more than they, they think they know about the world. They definitely know more, but I think it scares them to talk about because so many of the podcasts I listened to while I was researching this, when someone would bring up, Oh, what if, you know, dark matter is like ghosts or something, or there's like invisible lizards or something. Um, they'd always laugh and be like, ha ha funny. And, and then, like, never, like, really dive into it. But I think there's – they probably believe that that's true, but they're afraid to broach it because it breaks down everything because so much of what scientists believe is strictly material. And they know that. That's why they don't like thinking about God because God is immaterial. And dark matter is their stand-in for God. It feels like that, right? It definitely does. And there's verses about like God holding, holding the together. stars. Yeah, yeah. But I also want to make sure that, like, there are times when Christians have been like, every question we can't answer, the answer is God. Instead of you know pursuing, like, maybe there is a, a like a physical right. answer, and that doesn't diminish our faith in any way. We should just keep. I don't think that even pr- means that it's not God because God designed all of physics. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think so often faith is a cop out for like good thought <laughs> and it shouldn't be right. Cause God created us to think and ask questions and discover and he wanted us to learn more about him. So. And we know that the spirit world exists. And like you were saying, who's to say we could not detect it at some point through some means and that this might not be it. Yeah. Dig it. Yep. So that's all I got about dark matter. It's crazy. We know nothing about it. And it's definitely like the spirit world. <laughs> I just like the idea that dark matter is poltergeist now. Now I'm kind of like obsessed with that idea. I keep thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. That, that it's not necessarily so removed from us, but that dark matter could be interacting with us we just can't see it like it's well, cause right. it's not it's not antimatter like we had right. said earlier right it's not something that couldn't it, or am i getting this wrong like is it something that theoretically could not exist even in patches or small amounts on earth it, or it could exist yeah so the way it's described is right kind of like that ocean that we're basically swimming in it i think i listened mm. to one yeah. podcast where they said there's like a gram of dark matter in your coffee cup can we can we go on that thought for one second? That yeah. You said it's like an ocean and we're swimming in it. One of the one of the popular theories that's popping up right now in the conspiracy world is this idea that space is not actually a vacuum; that it's an ocean. Mm-hmm. So so the people will observe stars and they'll look kind of wavy, like as if you're looking through a glass of water, right? Right. Um, like and the gravitational is, lensing we saw. Exactly. That's what it is, right? And then th- I think some of it comes out of the obsession that of 
the firmament has to be this thing that encompasses the earth in some way. It's like a dome or a shield or and I, I I have a lot of questions about the firmament and as a thing I want to dive into more. I feel like your explanation tonight of the firmament was probably one of the best ones I've heard because it's one of those things that's talking about in the Bible like twice and then right. people just make these huge assumptions that it's uh, literally like a dome like the Simpsons, right? But uh, yeah, no, you said it's like swimming in an ocean. I just wonder if there's anything to the things that people are observing and pointing at and saying space acts kind of like an ocean in a way that we aren't really understanding or being told. Cause I'm not, I'm not convinced that like it is literally an ocean up there that you hit the edge of the stratosphere and it's like, diving into water, right? It's kind of the theory that's going on. No, it's definitely not. I mean, we talked about the halo theory. And so the idea is that it kind of like surrounds these galaxies and holds them together like a big hug. And so you might swim through these rivers and I've heard it described as like this network of like spider webs, kind of like holding Mm -hmm. things together. Um, But, because we know so little about it, it could be anything really. The other thing that people point out in this theory again, and it doesn't have to do with like close stuff. It has to do with stars. They'll point at stars and they'll show that NASA and other uh, places have said, Hey, around these stars, it appears to be hydrogen or it appears to be water. It appears to be something. Um, But yeah, I I don't fully understand the concept. That's why I didn't know if there was anything to it that I, we should or just move on. No, I think it's a good question because there's so much particulate matter out in space. Again, I wouldn't necessarily call it an ocean, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely like tons of gases in space. Yeah. So there are pockets of space that are definitely a vacuum and pockets that are definitely not vacuum. It just depends on where you are. Hmm. I think that's exactly what it is that they're observing though. And this is, this is the, one of those things where it's like a little bit of knowledge can lead you the wrong way if you if you think it's everything, right? So it's like right. if you're saying that not all of space is exactly a vacuum devoid of all and everything, like that's not even a scientific no understanding space is of it. One but it beast. does, but it is the the second grade understanding of it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So interesting stuff. Yeah, that was fun. This has been fun, guys. Yeah. Thanks. For Honestly, having us on. I've been excited to talk about this. So. I thought this was a book review for Blake Crouch, so I was a little lost, but you know. Oopsies. (laughs) Well, I downloaded that book because Abby downloaded it, and it sounded so interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely reading it. It's a very good book, and it has a lot to do with Schrodinger's cat stuff, so you'll like it. It's like my jam. (sighs) Wait, okay, wait. What if dark matter is only real if it's observed and we can't observe it? Okay, we're going to take that to the rumble chat. Okay. (laughs) But this has been super great, guys. Uh, Before we go, I do want to read our most recent review off Apple Podcasts. So if you want to hear your review read live on the show, make sure you give us a five-star review. Drop it on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to join our locals like Mark1323 did, you can drop it there as well. This one comes from Cosmic Curiosity 21 Quirks of Creation is my latest podcast addiction. Jess and Elise are these super cool science buddies who spill mind-blowing facts like it's nobody's business. Dragon Mist, check. Giant Lore, check. Ever wondered if the universe is messing with us? Yep, they're talking about that trippy stuff too. So relevant to this episode. 
<laughs> and they're not just yapping. They're diving into old texts like Josephus and breaking down how proteins are like God's personal calling card. If you're as curious as me, you better believe this podcast is going to be your jam. Thank you so much for the very sweet review. That means a lot to us. Uh, and I am so excited for next week's episode because Abby recommended this. We're going to be talking about the Clovis Clovis Comet and Younger Dryas Theory. And I just started digging into this today and listening to Graham Hancock talk about it. I'm like, oh, "Oh, there's so much here. Sometimes I run across a subject and I'm really interested in it, but I'm like, that's not a conspiracy. And this is definitely like a quirks thing. So I'm like, you guys should do this so I can find out about it. I'm so excited to really dive into it. And so Elise will be back next week and we will dive into it. Also tomorrow, Elise will also be back and we're going to do a live watch party of ancient apocalypse. (sighs) So good. So good. Much of the inspiration behind the Ohio, the iconic Ohio conspiracy (laughs) buildups. We literally talk about Graham Hancock all the time. So I'm so going to meet him in October. Ah! (laughs) I'm so jealous. That is amazing. Or we'll be in the same room as him. I don't know if we can like guarantee we'll meet him, but I, I have a feeling we have an in. You're going to meet Jimmy Corsetti though, right? Yeah. And I think we can get an, uh, an interview. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be okay. Be cool. Uh, and then we're going to do a Genesis Bible stream on Monday. There's all kinds of streams coming up. So <laughs> you guys got to stick around for it. Do you guys have anything cool coming up? You want to shout out to the universe? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we finished. Okay. Shut up, PJ. We finished season three. We're very proud of it. Two. Um, finished season three already. I'm sorry. We I finished season it. two. Listen, listen. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey <laughs> stuff. We did season three, and now we've traveled back in time to, to do save season an ancient two. species from total annihilation. Yeah. Anyway, okay. we finished season yeah. two. We're very proud of it. We're getting ready to start season three, but we're taking a week off. So gotcha. this week, no Wednesday show. We're going to have a Thursday show where we just do TikTok reacts and just our standard unhinged silliness and then i'm working on a big story and pj's working on a big topic that we need to crack <laughs> into so it's yeah I we're gonna start head season against three the wall, guys for, for this topic so we'll and it's not the it clowns no, no it's not even the, the clowns. clowns i'm excited about the clowns that one i'm looking forward to we're gonna um, we've been planning like season three and what things we were saving for season three because they were just too big to even get into in season two we were like that's too big of a topic we need to like do that in many many episodes so we're very excited for what we're gonna get into yeah we're gonna be continuing what we kind of started in season two with uh picking an arc and going with the you know a, a series of episodes even if they're not like back to back but just like continuing a certain yes thread so we did that with yeah. aliens in season two we're doing that with uh Tartaria stuff in season three and then we've got a couple of episodes we've been promising for a while like uh, the Vegas shooting and uh, Nephilim clowns and (laughs) (laughs) just the fact that (laughs) just the fact that I can say I'm not joking is why I love doing this show. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Make sure you guys subscribe over to Conspiracy Pilled and don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Stick around. We'll chat with you guys. And we'll see y'all next time.